Hey there, I'm Lou, and you may know me as the host of your Friendly Neighborhood Widow podcast. It is a podcast on which I tell you my story as a domestic violence surviving widow. And through storytelling, I take advantage to promote post-traumatic growth, post-traumatic life on your own terms, and normalizing survivor joy. This is the spinoff. I wrote a book which I released on February 10, 2019, and it is called Not a Widow's Handbook. The third chapter of that book on widowhood is called All of the Boys. In this chapter, I list off boys that represent the wildly odd romances that I would engage in as a young widow. Now, some of our friends will tell us, hang in there, you'll find someone. Pause. I think young widows probably need to find themselves before looking out for anything and anyone else. Let me tell you how it actually goes. Welcome to the stories of a freshly baked widow frolicking through dating red flags. Oh, wait a minute. You guys, that's my song. Turn it up. let the widow out do you know what a shoe fly is it's a plant it's meant to be a fly repellent like a bug repellent (laughs) all right i'm about to tell you this story because we're talking red flags we're talking red flags all over dating as a widow okay i've said this before sometimes we like to count red flags in other people's behavior. But come on, let's address the red flags in our own behavior. Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm really talking to the self-sabotaging, freshly baked or not so freshly baked widow. Sis, what are you doing? And if you're a widower and you thought it'd be fun to listen just because this is kind of cool, <laughs> Bro, what are you doing? Like, seriously. What's good? In post-traumatic life, you kind of build, like, these superpowers. And then, or you build these habits, and then you think that they're superpowers. Because you've got yourself convinced that you're, like, so strong. And, hey, in many ways, I'm not even going to lie, like, Even at that time in my personal development, I think I still had some strength. I mean, pushing through this nonsense requires a certain level of strength, whether you can feel it within your body or not. But there was something powerful about sternly or (laughs) just very subtly, but not so subtly, letting somebody know, oh, I'm widowed. Oh, my spouse used to say, And then they'll respond, oh, you're divorced? Oh, no, no, widowed. (laughs) You know, when you slide in the conversation, but you're doing it on purpose, I'm kind of cute. So I've heard. But also, (laughs) sometimes I do catch glimpses of myself in the mirror and I'm like, hey, I'm kind of attractive. So I can't blame anyone that's ever walked up to me in the bar and tried to hit on me or Anybody who's ever caught me outside on the smoke break and try to be sweet or whatever. However, I got to scold myself for having used, hey, I'm widowed, 
as some kind of dude repellent. So I was in this bar. Love this bar in Bethesda, Maryland. I spent so much time there that, like, I knew all the bartenders. <laughs> My friends like to say that I was the mayor of Bethesda, but honestly, I feel like I had, uh, you know, I definitely had some, uh, you know, some competition in that area. I could not have been the mayor. There were bigger mayors than me in that city. But in that bar, gosh, I had a blast. It was so much fun. And you meet a lot of people. You know, when your industry, and by industry, I mean a restaurant worker, like an hourly restaurant worker, um, you live a wild life. I mean, you, you leave, your nightlife is like out of this world. And you're exposed to some things and the party goes on for a while and there's always that person that's noticed you when you first walked in or noticed you when they were sitting at your bar earlier or whatever it might be. And they, they're going to shoot their shot and they're going to come up to you and try and help you. Uh, not trying to help you. What am I saying? And try and like talk to you. Finally, they must have the courage to go talk to this person, right? Or whatever. And you're not very interested, but Someone like me back then, I did not have the courtesy of telling someone like, hey, dude, like totally flattered, but like, I'm so not interested. But I had my secret weapon and my secret weapon was my story. It was my shield. Anytime someone would come up to me and try to hit on me and it turned into a threat. And please do not take threat as this big, serious word. I'm just talking about me and the grief monster and the anxiety that it filled me with sometimes in male interactions. So here you are. You know, you could be cute. You could not be cute. <laughs> Walk up to me and I catch your, I catch your drift. You know, I'm like, mm, I see where this is going. You think I'm the one. Is it either for today, for tomorrow, for the night or whatever. But you thought that somehow today you were going to get my number. How unfortunate. <laughs> totally caught me at the wrong part of my development. You should have been here when promiscuity was just on brand, you know. But instead, you're here when I just can't even. Imagine being with somebody, whether it's just for the one moment or for forever. Either way, male attention, major anxiety, grief monster is like, freak out, freak out, freak out. All my senses, flight or flight response going crazy, don't know what's going on. I mean, the whole system's shutting down. And here it is, the one last weapon. I'm widowed. <laughs> so this guy comes up to me. And he's in the military. He's telling me, you know, trying to connect or whatever. Cool conversation. But I have to get out of it. I have to get out of it because it's going too well. And he's going to think that I'm interested. And I could be. In another world, another setting, I could be interested. However, right now, I'm not. Right now, I want to flee. So I said, oh, yeah, when I lived out in California. And it's like, oh, 
live in Cali. Where, where about in Cali did you live? And I keep going in this conversation until I can finally say, well, my spouse used to blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, like you're divorced. And you know, it's kind of weird for them at first. They're like, oh, a divorcee or she's married, like was good. And then you're like, no, I'm widowed. I've, you know, and I got widowed, you know, back in February 2014. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, no, it's fine. Like, don't be sad. And that's my thing. I'm like, I've always been the one to tell you, like, don't sit here and be sad for me. I know this is new information and you have to process it, but try and process that fast because I'm not sad and I just need you to come back and meet me where I am (laughs) in my personal development. Like, I'm just trying to not be the sad baby all the time. And you say that, you really think that you're like, I'm not trying to be the sad baby. But like when you're drinking about it and dancing about it all night and smoking way too many cigarettes about the whole thing, you do have unresolved issues that you should be like okay let me address them like let me like contemplate let me be introspective but back then that's not what it was back then it was flight or flight response activated the system is saying girl fly and the best thing to do it and the smoothest way I thought to do it was to bring up the fact that I was widowed it became a game in the sense of like eh I can have all the fun I want to have all night. And I know that at some point in the night, whenever I just don't want to have the conversation or I feel flattered or feel sexy because you're here in my face and you're acting like maybe you want to take me home, I'm going to tell you the one thing that I know will make you run for the hills. You do this so many times and you think it's a superpower. And you go home alone and you're just way too intoxicated to even like really care or be sad about it. That's until the next day when you're sharing war stories from the night before with friends and you get called out on like, oh my God, that really cute guy was talking to you. Like, oh my goodness, I saw you like sharing a cigarette with Christina. Like, oh my God, somebody bought you a shot. Whatever it is that you want to talk about. And in front of people, You look like this person that's like, oh my God, no, totally not interested. Like, whatever. When the real truth is, you've used your superpower so much that now you've convinced yourself that that's the norm. It's no longer a way to defend yourself. It's just the norm. Might as well you find out right now that I'm widowed because at the end of the day, you're going to find it repulsive. So let's get this out the way now. (laughs) Let's get you out of my life now before you can break my heart. Also, I'm going to end up alone anyway. So like, let's not even go through that. It's crazy. The things that, you know, freshly baked widows put themselves through emotionally. These narratives that they choose to believe. But it's a red flag, isn't it? Because back then I wasn't giving myself a chance. I really, really, really wasn't. But it was that. It was the superpower that turned itself against me. And it had me believe you're going to be alone forever. So anytime 
that I'd make a real connection, I would freak out. Freak out so much that I would have to say it in the most cruel way. Like, whatever, you wouldn't be interested anyway. Like, or yeah, but widows are probably not your type, so whatever, you know? Start using it against me. Start putting the words in their mouths and walking away first. Not allowing for any of them to give me any follow-up, anything. I'm gone. I'm done. It was like a weird, like, infinity stone gauntlet. But when I snapped, I'm the one who got vaporized in. Or if I should say in a different way, using the Thanos analogy, whenever I'd snap, it'd be a happy future, my love life, the possibility of a happily ever after in a relationship. I had completely given up on that. Yet I was out there in the dating world. A young 24-year-old, desperate, desperate for a place to put all her vulnerability in, but did not believe that it was ever going to be this happily ever after. I don't know if I can give advice from that part of my development. But if there's something that I've learned is that I needed to be more kind to my story. And I needed to not use it as a shield and as a weapon against myself. Because I created the narrative. I really did. And it didn't necessarily exist because... There have been some disappointments that were expressed later in life or whatever by other people who had attempted to get through to the wall and they were like, you, your guards were all the way up and it just wasn't even a thing. And of course, later in life, I had more balls to say, oh, it just wasn't a good time for me. And honestly, like, I should have just said that. But in, you know. You, I didn't. Instead, I was like, I'm widowed, widowed. Wore like a scarlet A on my chest. Don't cut yourself short. Do not take something away from yourself. And you may not have it. You don't have to go home with anybody you don't want to go home with. You don't have to talk to anybody you don't want to talk to. But it's okay to just speak truth to yourself. And speak that truth out loud. And that experience and that, going through that and coming out of that has really taught me to just really just be that girl that's like, oh, no, I'm not interested, but thank you. And having a conversation and understanding that having this conversation doesn't mean this person is falling in love with you. And if at the end of the conversation they are and they want to take it a step further and this is not what you want, it's okay for you to say, it was so wonderful meeting you. However, today, I'm going to go home alone because I'm not interested. And you're not going home alone because you're widowed. You're not going home alone because society has decided that you're just going to be the sad girl forever. And you're never going to find anybody to love you through your post-traumatic life and your post-traumatic development. That's not why. You're just not doing it because you're just not feeling it. And you're just not in the mood for that. And you're just not prepared to date and prepared to 
walk yourself through what grief walks you through when you fall in love with someone. You're not willing to battle the grief monster for this person because something about what's happening in the moment you're meeting them isn't making it worth it. It happens. You have great conversations. You meet someone or you're flattered because someone thinks you're great and they want to buy you a drink, but it does not mean that you want to go through every single steps that grief can take you to when you make a connection with someone or when you try to create a relationship with someone. And I think that today I'm really thankful to have picked up that tool. But back then, honey, you just so much as bat your eye because you got sand in it. And it was, and it just so happened to me in my direction. And I would literally pick up my megaphone and be like, no, man, I'm widowed. Widowhood is not an anomaly. And there's no need to hide behind your story because you think that you're protecting yourself from the illnesses and the heartbreaks of the world because you're just breaking your own heart every day, teaching yourself that you're not worth someone looking across the bar at you, walking over, asking for your name and buying you shots and wanting to just have a really good conversation. So... To the dude outside the restaurant that made me laugh so much. <laughs> to the fine-ass Uber driver that I thought I was so cool. To every single person that's walked up to this big wall to slap their little faces against my little I'm widowed shield. Thank you. Thank you for trying. Because I think in post-traumatic life, we do need those moments. You need those moments to be like, bro, every time you walk out of your door, there's not this big red sign on your forehead that says, hey, I'm widowed. All there is, it's the way you're living your post-traumatic life, really. When somebody looks at you from across the bar, they're not seeing your trauma. They don't even know you got trauma. They're just seeing your cute face, your night smile. They're just hearing your intoxicating laugh. They're just looking at your curves. Sometimes it's just purely lustful. And it's okay that you're protecting yourself from that. But in any case, they're not being like, mm, look at this person over there battling grief. Let me go over there and mess that up, mess all that up. So there's no need to you know, charge and recharge that widow gun and freaking shoot. There's no need for that. There's no need for that. If anything, opportunities for awesome, normal human interactions outside of the environment that you live in that knows that you're widowed and sometimes won't let you do post-traumatic life on your own terms. So that's today's stories. I hope you like it. That was shoe fly.